Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Roxana Moran, who is a professor of medicine and the director of interventional cardiovascular research and clinical trials at the Zena and Michael A. Weiner Cardiovascular Institute at Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York, New York. She will be answering my questions about new dual antiplatelet therapy, or DAPT, regimens and lessons learned from recent research. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Moran. To start, what are some optimal DAPT regimens? The current um, strategies for dual antiplatelet therapies after stenting are vast, (laughs) first and foremost. There are multiple different strategies for different durations, the types of dual antiplatelet therapies and the types of intervention regarding the complexity of the disease as well as the, the clinical presentation of our patients. So with all of that comes a vast number of different strategies that can be used specifically, especially if the patients are also in need for an oral anticoagulant regimen. And so as a result, we have come up with a large group of different kinds of choices for our clinicians, and the optimal choice for each and every one of the patients remains completely unknown. So what we as clinicians have to do is to take individualized patient decisions with our patients involved and take into consideration the patient's risk factors, their clinical presentation, the complexity of their disease and their anatomy and the burden of coronary disease, as well as their other concomitant conditions such as diabetes or atrial fibrillation or need for an oral anticoagulant, and then evaluate the risk of bleeding and ischemic events in that patient and discuss and make important decisions going forward. Can you tell us a little bit about the TWILIGHT trial and how it has added to the current literature about DAPT? The TWILIGHT study is a single trial, and this was a prospective randomized clinical trial in 187 sites in 11 countries, evaluating a single strategy of going from aspirin ticagrelor dual antiplatelet regimen after three months of treatment after a percutaneous coronary intervention to a ticagrelor monotherapy versus ticagrelor plus aspirin for the rest of the time or another year. So what we did do is instead of dropping the P2Y12 inhibitor, which is what physicians often do when they go from dual antiplatelet to a single antiplatelet regimen, we evaluated the safety and efficacy of dropping aspirin instead of dropping the P2Y12 inhibitor with a hypothesis that if you have a potent agent such as ticagrelor on board, what is the need of aspirin for a prolonged use of dual antiplatelet therapy? Can we, in complex patients, actually drop the aspirin, keep the important antithrombotic and anti-ischemic benefit of a potent agent such as ticagrelor on board without the bleeding hazard that aspirin would give in addition to treating the patient with ticagrelor. So the ticagrelor monotherapy regimen here was after a three-month open-label aspirin ticagrelor 
then patients were randomized to aspirin plus ticagrelor versus ticagrelor plus placebo. And at 12 months after randomization, we evaluated the risk of ischemic events versus bleeding. What we found at the end of a year after randomization, that ticagrelor monotherapy was associated with a 45% reduction in bleeding outcomes of BARC 2 to 3, BARC 2, 3, and 5, according to the Academic Research Consortium. So it was significantly reduced bleeding complications without any hint of an ischemic harm. So there was no increase in death, MI, and stroke in over 7,119 patients who were randomized. So this was a, a significant finding that really supported our original hypothesis that dropping aspirin can be very safe in this patient population if you have ticagrelor on board, that you could still have the benefit of ischemic protection without increasing the bleeding issues and, in fact, reduce the bleeding complications. And for that reason, I think that was a very, very important new strategy that hadn't been previously explored in a blinded fashion, and it, it really was with the first time with the TWILIGHT trial. We also explored a, a pre-specified endpoint of looking at the acute coronary syndrome patients, and we presented this at the American Heart Association, showing that even in the acute coronary syndrome patients, dropping aspirin was quite safe and was associated with even a higher reduction of bleeding complications, even in the ACS patient population. So I think this new, unique way of dealing with going from dual to a single antiplatelet regimen, dropping aspirin may be the right way to go when you have a potent agent such as ticagrelor on board. So how have all of these lessons taken together eased the controversy about the treatment of coronary artery disease? Well, I think having this particular strategy of dropping aspirin can be very, very important for a lot of our patients. If in any way we can keep patients on board with a potent agent for as long as we need to, especially those patients who are at high risk for ischemic complications like diabetic patients, those patients who have multivessel CAD and have received a large number of stents, and we really want to make sure that we're protected against the ischemic harm or ischemic complications after PCI who have a high burden of atherosclerosis, those patients are the patients we want to keep them on a potent agent for as long as we can. And now we have a new strategy that we could drop aspirin, that there's no need for aspirin on board. So we could keep them on these, because often what happens when they're on dual antiplatelet therapy for a long period of time, we stop the dual antiplatelet therapy due to bleeding complications. And when we do that, then we expose patients to ischemic harm. Here, you could avoid bleeding by 45% reduction in bleeding and keep those patients on board with a P2Y12 inhibitor like ticagrelor that protects them against ischemic complications. So I think it's a very important lesson for a lot of us. Absolutely. Overall, what would you say is your key take-home message today? The big take-home message here is that less is more. We're seeing this also with our patients who require oral anticoagulants. The Augustus, the Pioneer AF, as well as the Redual trial showed that with a novel oral anticoagulant on board, 
that you could reduce bleeding compared to warfarin, but also if you're having PCI or an acute coronary syndrome and receive a stent, you could drop aspirin and go with a P2Y12 inhibitor and an oral anticoagulant safely and reduce bleeding complications without ischemic harm. So again, less is more rather than stacking therapies on top of patients. I think that's the big take-home message. And I want to also say that this is not for everyone. We have to really, really evaluate the risk of bleeding versus ischemic complications in this group of patients to make important judgments and, and decisions on our patients. But for the most part, whenever we can, we shouldn't keep stacking therapies on patients, but rather take away therapies so that we allow the ones who are really effective, those treatments that are really effective to take place, rather than having bystanders around that cause important side effects like bleeding that could then mitigate our ability to use the potent agents as we need them. Great. Thank you again for speaking with me today, Dr. Moran. Well, thank you so much, and I'm really glad we were able to get this recording in. Thank you.